covering pro wrestling bell to bell. It's Talking Bumps with Tiny and Alex. Welcome back to Talking Bumps. I'm Tiny along with my co-host Alex. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. We're still doing the social distancing thing. As you can hear, Alex is at home. He gets to do this from the comfort of his own couch or bed, as the case may be. Don't tell us which you're on, Alex, because I don't want to ruin the mood here, buddy. Uh, let's do... Um, Let's let's cover some things here. I have what I have is not necessarily federation related, so to speak, but uh, what you have is so a lot's happened in the last month. Although it seems like nothing has happened, uh, we had another double or nothing, and you wanted to cover that for AEW. So we're not really going to follow a format necessarily, except that it's going to be kind of a hodgepodge of all things pro wrestling rumors and and that kind of thing. So go ahead, buddy. What you got for AEW? Yeah. So double or nothing was incredible it was incredible um i think it was a big question mark as to how they were going to handle this because initially it was supposed to be vegas i actually had tickets i was going to fly out to vegas obviously uh, that did not happen unfortunately but they did end up using daily's place which uh, of course is owned by the con family and that's where they've been doing a lot of their uh, uh closed shows during the pandemic so you know it was a good kind of setting and then they also used uh, TIAA Bank Field, which again is also owned by the Khan family. That's where the Jacksonville Jaguars play, and they use that for their last uh, cinematic match. So I'll cover that in a second, but lots of action. Very, very good pay-per-view. Uh, the pre-show, you know, saw Best Friends uh, defeat Private Party. So Best Friends are the number one uh, contender for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, so that's cool uh, as a result of that. Um, and, you know, I think that as far as the tag division goes especially with the addition of FTR it is just so stacked there it's ridiculous and I think it makes sense to kind of push best friends and and get them into the title picture a little bit uh, sooner uh, just to see what they can do and I think they really do need to get the the titles off of uh, Hangman and and Penny at some point I don't know who's going to do it it could be FTR we'll see if they wait that long Uh, Brian Cage did debut that was a big shocker um now, he had been signed with the company since December, but it was very hush-hush. Everybody had kind of forgotten about him because he underwent surgery, had back surgery. And it was kind of like, well, you know, we don't know when he's going to debut. I think a lot of people had assumed uh, all out uh, in August. But, yeah, he ended up debuting at uh, Double or Nothing, which was great. He did end up winning the casino ladder match that he was a participant in. And that guarantees him a shot at the AEW World Championship. Uh, which, of course, John Moxley holds. And then they've been building that the, the past couple weeks here uh, just to show that, yeah, Fighter Fest, which is going to be in another couple weeks, and it's actually going to span a couple of weeks because all the titles are on the line, uh, Brian Cage will have that match with John Moxley. That's going to be a lot of fun. And Taz has done a great job as managing him. It's so good to see Taz on the mic in, in that capacity. Um, MJF uh, did defeat Jungle Boy in what I would consider to probably be the match of the evening. Uh, just really good, really good wrestling. I mean, it, this was a professional wrestling match, and AEW has always kind of prided themselves in the fact that they have different styles of wrestling in every pay-per-view and really in, in every TV show that they do as well. And this was just a very traditional-style contest, 17 minutes long, and I'll tell you what, it was worth every second. The only spot I really could criticize was there was a reverse her Corona on the apron that was just very dangerous and really kind of unnecessary i know why they did it i get it but um other than that i mean i think that was was probably match of the night 
Uh, Chris Statlander did defeat Penelope Ford in a singles match. And, you know, it was interesting because Penelope Ford had to step in for the injured Britt Baker. She is still obviously injured. Uh, she will be returning for all out. But I thought Penelope Ford did a fantastic job filling in. Uh, Dustin Rhodes defeated Sean Spears in kind of a, a jokey match. And it looks like they're kind of repackaging Sean a little bit uh, just to get him into like a better position because he's been a little back and forth. The booking has been a little strange with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think somewhat by design, but yeah, they need to get him, I think, back on track and they're working on that. Uh, the big one, Ricardo Sheeta defeats Nyla Rose. She is now the AEW Women's Championship uh, Champion. That is uh, a big time shock because Nyla really didn't hold the title for that long. Um, not sure why they kind of cut her reign short. I, I think they always kind of wanted to get the belt on Sheeta, but I just thought that Nyla would at least have it uh, through Fighter Fest and maybe to All Out. But uh, nonetheless, yes, yeah, she drops the title. Uh, John Moxley did defeat Brody Lee in his first real match uh, in AEW. And uh, really just kind of wild match. Lots of insane spots. There was a paradigm shift through uh, the entrance ramp. I mean, it was just kind of all over the place. It was good. Uh, certainly not to the level of... Um, a jungle boy and MJF, but, but I thought it was still a good match for, for the championship. And of course kind of sets it up for uh, John Moxley to face Brian cage uh, later this month. Now the last match, and this is arguably one of the most controversial, most of the opinions online have been very positive. I also definitely enjoyed it, but we're talking about the stadium stampede match. So Matt Hardy and the elite. So Adam page, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson defeated the inner circle. So Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, uh, Santana and Ortiz. And I love this match. It was 34 minutes long. It was filmed the same kind of cinematic style uh, that we've seen with recent pay-per-views from WWE, like Money in the Bank. Um, I thought it was really well done because they used every bit of the stadium. And, you know, of course, you know, you're, you're going to have to suspend your disbelief for some of these spots, right? You know, For a lot. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, Matt Jackson jumping off the, uh, the top of... Um, the goalpost, you know, moonsaulting, you know, like there was just there was some ridiculous stuff. And, and, uh, and that's fine. You know, I, I don't think that I understand the criticisms, but I think that in the 21st century wrestling fans mind, like this is kind of what we're, we're used to seeing at this point is these fun sort of cinematic matches. And, and I thought it was a pretty good way to cap off the pay-per-view. I'm sure you saw some highlights if you, if you caught it and it was pretty wild. Well, I tell you what, Alex, I don't know that anyone in that I've ever known has done a better recap than you just did of that AEW show. Uh, I, you know, I didn't see any of it. I'm ashamed of myself, um, mainly because I have the WWE Network. I don't have, and I'm certainly not going to pay for, for AEW. And why would I, you know, when I have you who can just <laughs> go over everything with me. Uh, so great job on the recap on that, buddy. Um have you watched? I think we covered this last month. It's hard to believe that it's been around that long. But um, have you been following the Last Ride Undertaker docu series on the network? Yeah, and it is absolutely spectacular. Oh, God, could they? I mean, just it, they they put it out at a perfect time. I think if I had to raise a, a guess on this, I want to say that COVID really forced their hand on putting this out because there's there really hasn't been. A compelling television for, for them to, to put out on the network. And man, this is just, this has taken over and it has also led to the undertaker doing something he has never 
done before, and he is really making the rounds as far as media goes. Uh, he's doing podcast interviews, radio interviews, television interviews. So, so he's really putting himself out there like never before. Yeah, it shocked me. I mean, we're, we're just not used to seeing the Undertaker and, and looking kind of, uh, you know, behind the curtain. He's always been one of those guys that has, you know, protected the industry, protected Kate Bay, protected his character for 30 years. Right. Uh, and I think it's been interesting to see, you know, in his old age, as he's starting to wind down, you know, as, as he's getting ready for, you know, to retire, I would think, uh, you know, this is, this has been an interesting kind of insight. I mean, it's one of those things you just don't realize that, um, you know, you just don't associate the man with the, the character a lot of times with, with Taker. So right. it's just been so interesting to see that behind the scenes and, and to see some of the anxiety, see some of the, the hardships, some of the issues that, that Taker's faced. And, uh, again, a lot of that just sort of closed off to the public eye when it was going on and now exposed in this documentary. And I just think they're doing a, a really masterful job of, of telling the story. It's been really incredible. Well, episode four is going to drop on the 14th. I'm looking so forward to that. I hate the fact that they took an extra long time to get us the, the fourth episode. I haven't even received word on how many episodes this is. And um, I, not that, you know, I have to know, but I'm going to try to play like hell trying to get us the Undertaker on here for an interview at some point soon. Um, so hopefully we can make that happen. The, the wheels are in motion, so to speak. Um, I, I should have brought this up directly following your AEW recap, Alex. Uh, we're going to let's talk about two more things. You want to talk about backlash. I want to bring this up now because I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. And I'm hoping maybe you can shed some light on this. The, the news broke a few days ago um, as this, as this drops, we're, we're into the weekend, but, a few days ago, the news broke, and if you haven't been following the news, which you you have to have, uh, you know about the the George Floyd riots, and we're not going to spend uh, time talking about that. You know, we 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 want everyone to stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, you got the coronavirus, you got the riots and the protests, and also just um, you know we we're not going to get political here. What I want to say though is Tony Khan, the owner of AEW, Linda Linda Hogan. Uh, I guess she's does she still go by Linda Hogan? I believe so. Okay. Uh, Linda Hogan, Hulk Hogan's ex-wife of probably like eight years or better by now, uh, if not 10 years, they've they've been um, divorced. She posted some rather scathing stuff on Twitter the other day, and I'm not saying what she posted was right. I don't even remember what it was, but it it certainly, um, you know, wasn't probably her, her best foot forward. Tony Khan posts, along with your husband, um, he was referring to Hulk Hogan. Uh, obviously, they're divorced. Along with your husband, you're now both banned from AEW shows. Now, the question I have in this, Alex, and I'm hoping that maybe you can shed some light in this. Uh, Hulk is still under an agreement with WWE. So, yeah, was was Hulk uh, appearing at AEW shows that we didn't know about? No, and it it seems to be kind of a kind of an empty, you know, posturing really. Um, I I understand where where Tony's coming from. I I get it, right? And that makes sense. AEW has been a uh, arguably very progressive company from day one, having a a trans woman as their first women's champion, having uh, definitely a lot of minority representation has been very important for them. Uh, Obviously owned by uh, you know, one of the richest Pakistani men on planet Earth. So it's definitely been, you know, understood that this is a more 
kind of, uh, I guess, progressive promotion um, than maybe WWE would be. I, I think that it's, it's um, I don't think there was any way that Hulk Hogan would ever work or do anything in AEW. I think if anything, he'd end up back in impact at some point. Even that's probably that bridge is, I'm sure, burned. So um, I just don't I don't think it really made any sense because there was no way that uh, Hogan would, would ever do anything with AEW. At least that's my opinion. That would be like you might as well just say, well, Vince McMahon, you're banned from AEW, too. Well, that's all well and good if the person had intentions of of being there for any reason. The only thing that I could figure is I know that. Um, there's there's no rule that says that former wrestlers can't be at an event, like say in a backstage capacity or just hanging out backstage. So is it possible with AEW filming in Florida that maybe Hulk has been backstage and and catching up with old friends and and think that's that's very possible that that could have happened. Um, sure. But so in that case, then then it would make sense. For him to do that, but with with that knowledge, with not having that knowledge, it, it seems like it's. And I think the the best term I saw for it is virtue signaling. You know what? We're just going to go ahead and throw Hulk. You know, nobody really remembers Linda Hogan, but we're going to throw Hulk Hogan's name into the ring, and people are definitely going to remember that. So that when we take this quote unquote stance, then people are really going to know that there there's some teeth behind this bite. You know, right? And that's that's sort of the that's sort of the sense I've gotten as well. I think that it's certainly possible that Hulk has been to AEW shows or a backstage capacity. That actually maybe wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you look at obviously Jake the snake and uh, you know, you've got Arn Anderson back there and Tully and you know, so there's a lot of kind of legends that are behind uh, the machine of AEW for sure. So yeah, it wouldn't totally shock me if he had, you know, been involved in, in something going on backstage. So yeah, it's possible, but yeah, I definitely think that, you know, again, this is my opinion. I just never would have imagined Hulk working, working with AEW. I, I just think that there's a, um, and, and not for any other reason that there's just some real, like fundamental differences. I think that Hogan is definitely going to be sticking with WWE. I mean, he's got, uh, everything he could ever possibly need there. And, you know, and you, again, you look at his time and impact and, you know, in between his stints with WWE the second time around, I guess. Um, yeah, it just doesn't make sense for him to, to go anywhere else. So no, yeah, he's, he's got to, he's got to wrap up his career and I think he wants to, and has said as much that he wants to, to end it with WWE and that's where he should be. I, I would never want Hulk's last match or last appearance to be anywhere, but I would watch it. Don't get me wrong but I would never want it to be anywhere uh, but where he needs to be, and that's home with uh, Vince McMahon and the WWE. So speaking of WWE, let's move to Backlash. That's the next pay-per-view. What you got there, buddy? Yeah, it's interesting. Not a whole lot of matches on the card yet, uh, which is maybe a little bit shocking because, of course, the pay-per-view is going down June 14th, uh, so it's you know kind of right around the corner. Uh, it will be on the WWE Network if you want to catch it live. And as it stands right now, Four matches on the card. Normally, there'd be maybe five or six at this point, so they would be spending the last couple of weeks sort of building those feuds or, or getting them over. But, uh, yeah, not not this time around, which is interesting. So uh, the big match that everybody's kind of looking forward to is this Edge versus Randy Orton. Now, this is a, obviously a rehash. We saw their uh, no holds bars, anything kind of goes match at WrestleMania, which was, you know, quite good, very impressive match. Uh, I thought they both put on a, a heck of a show, and, and this is going to be arguably along the same veins, except it's labeled as the greatest 
wrestling match of all time. Now that's funny because you know <laughs> I don't know what the what the thought process was there. I've seen some jokes online basically saying that uh, this is a, a ploy for WWE to get good search engine optimization so that mm-hmm. when people Google the greatest wrestling match ever, you know, Edge and Randy Orton are going to pop up. Well, I, I can't believe know, but, I cannot believe that Vince would allow them to call it the greatest wrestling match ever. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge walk back from what you know has been the the policy for so long. We don't talk about professional wrestling; it's sports entertainment. Right. That, you know, it shocked me, and, and Randy when he came out and you know initially cut the promo to get this match set up with Edge, and Edge came out this probably three weeks ago, something like that, four weeks ago maybe, and. Uh, so I, I'm sitting there and I'm, it's like I'm hearing the word wrestling, wrestling, wrestling over and over, which just shocks me. I couldn't believe it because even as recently as a few months ago, Dolph Ziggler kind of got uh, slapped on the hands for, for saying wrestling uh, on a promo on SmackDown. So I thought, okay, this is really quite bizarre. But, you know, either way, they're going to have a, a straight up wrestling match, uh, you know, no stipulations, nothing crazy. Uh, we'll see how long it actually goes. I mean, I think that these guys are still both great workers. We'll see what they actually do in a more traditional style match as opposed to what they did at WrestleMania. So I definitely think it's going to be really fun. I think it's going to be a great match to see uh, and just kind of see where they're where they're both at, you know, if, if Edge is kind of uh, knocking off the ring rust and getting back in there. I mean, I thought he looked great at Mania. I thought he looked great at the Rumble. So, you know, there's no reason he can't look amazing during a singles match either. So, uh, So that should be fun. Uh, and then we've got the Drew McIntyre. He's the champion right now, WWE champion, going up against Bobby Lashley, who hasn't had a championship match in like 13 years. It's been this really wild story that uh, they've crafted with MVP, who's basically managing him now, and uh, Lana's still in the mix, so she's you know technically married to to Bobby, and there's all this kind of strife backstage with uh, the three of them. But uh, I actually really kind of like what they did. I, I'm. I'm kind of sad because I think, again, the writing's on the wall. Drew's going to retain and, you know, Bobby's going to lose. But I I hope that this leads to something else for Bobby. You know, maybe a U.S. title push, something like that. I think that would be good for him. And then uh, on the SmackDown side of things, Braun Strowman, who's the universal champion, will be going up against The Miz and John Morrison in a two-on-one handicap match. It actually is for the universal championship. Uh, Again, you know, Braun should retain that. I can't imagine he would drop that after, after Mania. And then Asuka versus Nia Jax uh, for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, I actually could see Asuka losing this. And the reason being is that she, she won the title because Becky Lynch obviously uh, has to take some time off because she's pregnant. Congratulations to her and Seth. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so after, yeah, so it was awesome, right? So after Money in the Bank, it was, okay, now Asuka's the champion. She won the briefcase and it's actually the championship belt. So I actually could see Asuka dropping it. I don't, I don't know if it necessarily hurts her. And it seems like they really want to push Nia. That, to me, seems very clear. Um, so I think there could be a big swerve where, where Asuka actually, actually could drop that title. That would be interesting, but um, yeah, it's definitely possible. So we're going to wrap up here on Talking Bumps. Uh, it's We've gone longer than we thought that we would. It seems like we always do that, though, Alex. From now on, we got to stop talking about how short the episodes are going to be because uh, <laughs> you and I both have a tendency to get long-winded, and, and uh, but that's good. I, people like that, and I like going into the weeds, and I know you do as well. And Let's leave it with this. There is a rumor that at SummerSlam this year that Brock Lesnar is going to return we have not seen Brock since WrestleMania when he lost to Drew McIntyre. It only makes sense that if he's going to return, it's going to be at a big show. Uh, twofold, number one, Alex, is 
I kept hearing that Brock Lesnar was done. Did you hear that too? Yeah, that was kind of the rumor. The, the thought was that after Mania, he probably was going to take some time off, maybe reassess, see if he wanted to get back into the UFC. Um, especially, it's funny because with the UFC heavyweight picture as it stands right now, it actually would be kind of a good time for him to probably go ahead and get back in there. Right. Um, I'm surprised that he hasn't just immediately jumped back in. That's strange. Uh, but I think that his kind of, you know, lack of movement indicates to me that he's sticking with, with WWE. I do suspect that he will be back for SummerSlam. That's my, that's my sort of thought. Um, I think it actually would be good for him to come back at SummerSlam um, because hopefully at that point, you know, we'll, we'll be mostly past coronavirus. Of course, we don't know that, but I think that's a good way to kind of kick back into the more normal side of things when it comes to doing pay-per-views and shows and um, yeah, I think I think that would be good for Brock to return. That would be awesome, but we, we don't know for sure yet. Well, let, we're going to end this then, Alex, with a prediction, and I'm going to force you to make a prediction, and I'm going to do the same. Are you ready? I'm ready. SummerSlam was scheduled to be held in Boston, Massachusetts. Now, there's no word on whether or not that will still be the case. If I'll tell you this. If they stick with the original date in August, it will not be the case because the mayor of Boston has said that no events tentatively could continue until after, I believe, September 7th, which will be after um, Labor Day. So if the WWE is willing to, A, move it to September after that ban would be lifted, and again, that could be updated to to not be the case. They could extend that longer. Let's just put it this way. Your prediction, will there be a crowd, a legitimate crowd at SummerSlam or not? Wow. What a question to end on. I'm going to say there will not be a crowd for SummerSlam. Yes. I am going to agree with you on that. I think that we are both uh, on the same page there. I think it's going to suck. I, I, but I'm telling you what, man, and we have said this before, and we'll, we'll end this here. The 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 day that crowds are allowed to gather again, the, the day that they're allowed to buy tickets to an event, a WWE event, I'm telling you that is going to be the quickest sellout that you will ever see for a wrestling event. It will be one of the most watched on television. It will be the most hyped. Uh, Vince will, you watch and see, he'll pull out all the stops. I look for them to debut a new set uh, for Raw and SmackDown. I, I just think that it is, and I might be stretching on that because I know that money has been tight, but at the same time, uh, there will be a renewed interest in seeing these events live. And I can't wait until we get to see that. For A, the, the obvious reason is we'll be quote unquote back to normal. And that's on everyone's mind. Everyone wants that, but B just to see what, cause Vince McMahon is, let's face it. He is a promoter first and he is going to, he's going to put on the best show that he possibly can with the tools that he has. And, and his toolbox is, is a little, uh, not a little, a lot deeper and a lot bigger. Uh, and has a little more fancy tools in it than anybody else. Agreed. Agreed. I think it would make a lot of sense for them to be uh, a big time splash when it comes to returning, whether that be TV or pay-per-view. It's going to be a huge deal. It's going to be massive. I agree. It's going to sell out. And you know what? I actually would not be surprised if they do debut some new set pieces, uh, you know, maybe some new graphics, uh, new packaging. It's very possible because it is going to be that big of a deal. And not only that, but I, I think you and I have talked about this, and I keep saying we'll leave it here, but we will. Um, 
I think if they can do it, I think they should wait till WrestleMania. I mean, let let Wrestle yep. let WrestleMania be where you make that massive return. Yep. Yep. And honestly, with how things have been and a lot of events and concerts and public gatherings canceled through the rest of 2020, uh, it really could be that. You're absolutely correct. Well, yeah. and, and the reason I say that, too, is just because and we've talked about this before. I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or, or off air, is that just because things are opened up, just because people are allowed to attend mass gatherings, it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's going to be comfortable doing it. Now, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth when I said that, you know, the, the first event back. But I'm telling you, if the first event is a WrestleMania and it is next March after the first of the year when they say, you know, a vaccine will probably be available, you watch and see if that's that's not a, a massive, massive sellout. And, and you know what? When they have Sting and The Undertaker as the main event, it's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> I'm with you there. I do hope they do that. I agree. It's Talking Bumps with Tiny and Alex. Follow Talking Bumps on Twitter at Talking Bumps.